Hey there, and welcome to the UX Growth Podcast, sponsored by Bubble, the platform that empowers you to build web applications with no coding required. This is your go-to spot to dive deep into all things UX design. Here, we tackle the questions you've got about navigating the UX field and share a thing or two to help you grow in your UX journey. Each episode is all about making the tough stuff feel doable and inspiring, you to take the next step in your career. Now, let's jump right into today's chat. Hi, this is the UX Growth Podcast, the podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, Nick Mann. I'm here with another guest of season three, Andrew Asselford, senior content designer and UX writer. Thank you so much, Andrew, for being here. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I, I'm always so fascinated to learn from the backgrounds of my guests. So let's begin, Andrew. Tell us about your past experiences in UX and how did you get to the place you are today? Yeah, I love telling my story. And it's one of those things I never would have guessed that I'd be where I am today. Um, I grew up wanting to be a journalist and a sports journalist, actually. It was a bug I caught in, it was, had to be middle school. And then I, I went to worked at my hometown newspaper in high school and went to college to be a long form narrative magazine length um, journalist, a person who wrote those kind of long stories. And I was in the industry for about, eight, nine years, and then uh, had a few layoffs. And I was like, what do I want to do next in my life? And I was very fortunate to discover UX and content design and uh, kind of fell into this life. But it's something that's been really stimulating to grow and reinvent myself. And it's been a really great journey so far. So yeah, I really feel fortunate to be doing this now and always love sharing what I've learned along the way and uh, just expressing how thankful I am to I'm going to be doing this now, but yeah, it's been a rewarding life and uh, happy to be doing it right now. Yes. I know one thing that you are super talented in, and that is content design. So I'm so curious for my beginner listeners, what is content design and what is it cr so critical in creating user experiences? I love kind of explaining content design as kind of just my job. I'm a product designer who works with words. That's how I view it. I, I use design thinking to craft clear, concise, helpful content for users to accomplish tasks so with whatever they're trying to accomplish within a digital experience. And so it's really a great marriage of the left brain, right brain kind of factors, I think, where you have that creative side, but also the logical side. And you kind of um, use both to they really create intuitive experiences for users with words. And so uh, I've worked on a lot of different things and had a lot of different experiences along the way from, of course, working within the user interfaces to um, support articles, to tutorial videos, to Q&As, all kinds of things. But it's just really fascinating and rewarding, too, to see how words can affect the user experience in so many different areas and across a company's content ecosystem. And so that's what I really enjoy about this job is the power you have with words to really shape someone's perception of what they're experiencing and the company that they're interacting with at a, at a particular moment in time. And so, yeah, when you do a job well done, it feels really rewarding to see someone not even notice the words in a lot of ways. They're just able to accomplish something, go through things. Uh, that they wanted to do, but we did a job well done when someone's able to do that. And that's pretty gratifying. 
Yeah, I, I imagine it's just so creative based on how you go about it. I think that's really fascinating and fulfilling because of you're now running such powerful ways to convey to users what is it that they need to know and how they can apply it. Yeah, yo, exactly. And I, it's really rewarding for me because I work really closely with product designers and product managers within a cross-functional team. And so mm -hmm. that collaboration aspect where I'm kind of the person who owns the words within the experiences we're working on, and I kind of bring that eye to kind of advocate for the user when we're trying to design things to help them accomplish a goal. And so, yeah, it's, it is a creative thing, but it's also something where you're, you're solving a puzzle in a lot of ways mm -hmm. too, because there are different ways to use words, like change the hierarchy on the screen even, and think about different ways to make things better for the user. So yeah, this job always tests me. I'm humbled all the time. I say <laughs> by this job, I learned so many things and challenged by so many angles of it and I'm growing every day and I have so much more to learn, but this is something where I didn't expect this life. I kind of fell into it, like I said earlier, but mm -hmm. it, it's just really stimulating and gratifying to kind of uh, be challenged in this way. And I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine not only is there creativity, but there's also that science of which <laughs> words you use to do so much better than other words or even the tone. Yeah. I think that makes it can make a huge difference. Oh, exactly. It's really fascinating, especially when you can get user testing involved and kind of just listen to users talk about how words affect them and the impression that the words make um, within them and how that affects how they view a certain experience. Uh, it's really interesting. I kind of nerd out over that stuff when I get the chance. And A-B testing as well, when you test one version of copy against another and you kind of see in real time what's happening and which version converts better. Like, that's a lot of fun to experience. Um, so yeah, it's just really interesting how even small changes in the CTA copy on a button uh, can really affect things or a small tweak with uh, you know, instructional copy or um, using you know, plain language versus some kind of technical term can affect the user's experience. It's really fascinating. I think a lot of times uh, content designers are the champions of the words and think about words all the time. But I think other people sometimes may overlook them or kind of underestimate the power of words and how they can affect someone's experience. And so it's really interesting to kind of see when that moment hits or when the light goes on and you really see an effect <laughs> because there mm -hmm. are real business effects for yeah. you know, poor word choice and users can get confused and there might be more support calls so yeah it's really fascinating to see how words can affect things yeah i'm curious to know where are some misconceptions of your line of work yeah i think a lot of it i hear and other content designers may hear is do some wordsmithing or do some word magic sometimes it'll <laughs> be presented a file in figma and maybe there's already some placeholder copy in there and there was like oh you'll work your magic or something and, and that's a nice compliment in some ways but i really push at this point and other content designers do as well to kind of want to be viewed as product designers, like I said, who work with words. And so yeah, we're thinking about not only just the words on a screen, but also where the words appear, maybe the color of the words, or is there a different way for these words to be presented? Can the copy be broken out into like a bulleted list to make it easier to read? And what about bolded text or what kind of information is missing here that might make the copy more personalized for users? Or is there any assistive text that we can add in some way that's accessible and be 
helpful for a user. So anyway, those are the type of things I think about that go beyond just wordsmithing or kind of quick fixes, line editing. So I think this job is much deeper than just a few tweaks of words. And, and also just so we can drive projects from end to end as content designers as well. Mm -hmm. Done email audits. I've driven video tutorial projects. I've tracked the data related to things related, like that. So anyway, the potential of a content designer to affect a company in ways that some people might not realize it, it can go really deep and it's exciting to see that when we're given that opportunity so i just think that's one kind of misconception about this job is that we're just like wordsmiths or we do edits on screens that is part of the job sometimes but we can do so much more and it's exciting when we're given that opportunity to do more mm -hmm. yeah i'm curious do you have any advice for a person who wants to transition into UX writing, say they're coming from just a traditional writing background or even just a UX designer? That's a great question. It's a topic I'm, I'm pretty passionate about because I did kind of fall into this life and I, was, I feel fortunate to be doing it now. And I think a lot of it these days, it, it, it is harder to break in than when I did it five years ago. But I think it's just about finding an opportunity to work on any digital experience that you can and make the, the words better, make a content ecosystem better. And and just find ways to do it. And um, I view writing as a craft and the muscle that you build over time. And so the more you can just find ways to do it and add to your portfolio, I think is important. And don't get caught up in titles too. I think a lot of people tend to think mm -hmm. about if they're not doing a job that's labeled content designer, UX writer, UX content strategist or something, then they're not doing the job somehow. But that's just not true. If you're working on email somewhere, working on a landing page or the tutorial videos or help articles, that's content design to some degree. And so yeah, don't limit yourself to what your perception of UX writing or content design might be based on what you see on LinkedIn or <laughs> podcasts or YouTube videos. Just do the work and know that if you're making something better for the user based on using you know, clear, concise, plain language, then you're doing content design and that's important. So yeah, that's some advice I'd give for anyone who's trying to break in at the moment. Yeah, that's very powerful advice. And I completely agree on the titles. I think that's my biggest pet peeve <laughs> in yeah. the UX field because Mander is just so much uh, discourse yeah. and uh, as well as confusion about what <laughs> every design, uh, UX role does exactly and how not mm -hmm. every role applies to the same company in the same way. So when mm -hmm. it comes to an interview process, there's some sort of guessing game of what to expect and hope that everything aligns and what which the candidates and the employer would assume would work out mm -hmm. or feels if we just have more titles that are ubiquitous uh, about mm -hmm. throughout the field yeah I think that would that would reduce a lot of confusion a lot of frustration and the people who apply to the jobs are the right fit for the jobs too so yeah like, because oh, I think totally. that's also the reason why the current the current state of of all the layoffs and that's going on that's just such an mm -hmm. an issue upon an issue now that we're having in the industry. Oh, my heart goes out to everyone who has experienced that. I know I have personally too. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the title topic that you brought up is something I've thought about a lot because in 
my area of content design, we've had so many different titles over the five years I've been in this field. Um, I was a UX content strategist at my first UX job. And then and now I'm a senior content designer in my current job. And a few years ago, I really noticed a change within my industry where we moved to content designer. And I kind of align with that title more than UX content strategist because day to day, I'm working within Figma. I'm mm -hmm. sometimes working with the UX researcher. And I, I just feel like a designer more on doing the actual tactical work than maybe a strategist or someone who might have a, um, a bird's eye view of things. So anyway, I totally get your point, a point about titles because we've had kind of confusion over time where someone I might wonder, like, what's the difference between a UX writer and a content designer even? And to me, uh, a content designer is someone who works within experiences that cover a company's entire content ecosystem from emails to support articles to UI copy. And it's a larger umbrella where to me, like a UX writer is working within like a UI experience or working within a cross-functional team. So anyway, there are subtle differences, but over time I can see why people get confused by the titles. And yeah, for word people and industries centered around words, it's interesting that we struggle with that, but it's a real thing. <laughs> Yeah, no, like I imagine a lot of people don't even know what is a UX writer? How is that compared to like a copywriter? I imagine a lot of people would assume they're the same thing. Yeah, and there is confusion among even some job descriptions I see where someone might be advertising a UX writer, content designer, but they'll be reporting someone in marketing or something. And to me, that doesn't quite align. So to me, a copywriter is someone who works on copy related to marketing materials or kind of that realm of things, whereas a UX writer works within uh, user experiences. And that's kind of a different part of the funnel where I think copywriters are more trying to convert prospective customers and uh, UX writers are working within experiences where you have users who might be already customers or prospective customers or checking out a website. But anyway, yeah, I kind of view copywriters and UX writers as different professions. And it's kind of interesting to consider some of the subtle differences between those areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what are some of the key skills needed for someone to excel in this content design roles? Oh, that's a great question. Key skills. I think attention to detail, definitely. Um, curiosity. Uh, someone who loves solving problems and thinking logically. I think those are great skills to have. Um, and definitely soft skills and being able to work within a cross-functional environment effectively with a product manager and a product designer and other stakeholders. Um, I think that's definitely important. Um, Someone who uh, really loves communicating and communicating well um, with not only people, like teammates and other uh, people you work with day to day, but also potentially to executive leadership, things like that. That's a skill you learn over time that's effective. And so, yeah, there are just so many things. It goes beyond just writing well. And I try to tell people, too, who are interested in content design that you don't necessarily have to be a great long-form writer or someone who's written long stories or they have this background as someone who's a journalist I was or wrote fiction or something. Like if you just like, like solving problems with words and thinking critically and kind of like trying to understand behavior and um, trying to make things um, intuitive for people within digital experiences, and this is a great opportunity to really reward and feel with you and just like think creatively with words in that way. So yeah, I think those are some skills I'd point out as things that are really helpful for someone who might be interested in content design. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, there definitely is a lot of problem solving with the the words and how we. It seems a lot of people would say they have critical thinking skills, but when it comes to it, it always feels because the the reason why is soft skills feels always so difficult to learn. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. As opposed to the hard skills, can you write gra- a good grammar? Yeah. And, and、mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Can you write concisely? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, no, I think it does help. Obviously, if you're a, a pretty clean writer, and I think most people who are content designers are just word people who love reading and love just living among words every day. But yeah, I, I think it's like one of those things where it goes beyond that. And I think it's similar to being a product designer too, where it's just it's more than just moving pixels on a screen or something. It's a lot more about a collaboration, communication, even some compromise, like learning compromise too, and, and tough situations. So, yeah, that's something that I've really learned along the way. That's been pretty rewarding and interesting. Is that it's it's much more than just writing, and it's much more than just creating content and、um, thinking about words in that way. It's kind of this holistic picture of communication and、um, bringing people together in various ways, not only trying to. At the end, create this、um, experience that's intuitive for a customer, but also just working well with other people in your company and other cross-functional stakeholders and partners. That's really interesting and rewarding for me.、Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm curious to know where do you see the future of content design going. Mm, yeah, that's tough. I wish I knew. I think I could make a lot of money if, <laughs> but、uh, yeah, give me a crystal ball. It'll be a lot of fun. But、uh, yeah, I, I think honestly we're kind of in a tough spot now, and it, it's it's too bad to see. I mean, just、uh, the past year has been really difficult in a lot of ways, and like you mentioned, heart goes out to just everyone who's been affected. And I think、mm-hmm. in some ways, in some companies, unfortunately, they view content design as a nice to have when that's not true at all. It should be part of the product design process. An embedded part, an important, an uplifted part, and I think in some ways, in some companies, that isn't the case. But I think this role will continue to evolve, and I think we'll see just more clarity over situations that are good for content designers and companies that value content design. I believe those companies will be ahead in the end, and so、uh, yeah, I think we're entering a point where. This field is no longer a curiosity. Maybe it was when I joined in 2018. I felt back then people were, "What is content design?" or "What does the UX content strategist do?" and even product managers, how we work with you, things like that. But I think we're beyond that. There's more expectation now, and just like a higher bar for the discipline as a whole in a lot of places, and that's a good thing too. But Yeah, I think we'll continue to see that. I'm just going to have to kind of evolve in new ways and think like designers. Just consider ourselves product designers above all, and view ourselves on even playing field as other people within a UX organization. So, yeah, that's where I see things going. Continue to mature and evolve, and it'll look probably completely different five, ten years from now than it does now. And there'll be different tools and different processes. But in the end, I think some of those things I mentioned earlier about if you love solving problems and you're curious and Um, you're empathetic, things like that. I think those traits will continue to carry on no matter what the job looks like in the future. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. Well, the tools and the、uh, the platforms are all most likely will change, but the key skills that we learn how we communicate, how、mm-hmm. we how we problem solve, because love is 
and in my role as a designer, a lot of times I don't, there's a lot of, I don't knows, but yeah. it's also a lot of, <laughs> I will figure it out. Yeah, and exactly. It, that's how I always look at any kind of new change that will happen mm -hmm. in, in our industry. That's, that's why I want, I'm totally against being complacent and yeah. always be learning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's totally great. I, yeah, I think that's a great thing just to be curious and be, I don't know, just a learner, have a learner's mentality about everything. I think that'll take you far in life. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and especially when roles are always changing because the UX field is still so young in the grand yeah. scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And almost no one has it figured out, especially with the way direction is going and how it's continually going, especially because now companies are being aware of it and taking priority, but it fails. There's still a lot of the struggles mm -hmm. that we are trying to communicate to the stakeholders for what the users are and how they're sometimes always butting heads. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm happy that we're, it is, it feels like it is getting better, but of mm -hmm. course I feel like there's always going to be that issue. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's part of the struggle I see within content design as well, because we're always talking about try to get a seat at the table or you know <laughs> try to get invited to important meetings things like that but i think we're still viewed as kind of an immature discipline in a lot of ways and by places that just don't know or don't understand what a content designer can do and so yeah i, I think in the grand scheme of things that perspective is needed about how things are fairly young yet overall in the ux world especially within content design and it, I really think we can't put too much pressure on ourselves to move mountains or change how people think about things. We have to just find ways to lift ourselves and our teammates up and just continuously learn and develop as individuals. And along the way, as we do good work, I think we'll gain respect in these other areas from other stakeholders and other parts of the company. But that's something I've noticed the past few years is how do you educate people about content design or how do you gain respect and it's just at some point you just have to know you can only do so much and you can only create so many decks about what content design is <laughs> so many road shows about the discipline mm -hmm. within your organization but at some point it's someone else's responsibility to ingest that and kind of act on it if they aren't then you just need to move on to where you do have allies and you do have support and structures are in place to make content design a, a valued part of the organization so yeah that's a great point about considering maturity models and kind of um, how advanced certain things are. I think that's really interesting to think about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, Andrew. Also, what is the most viable lesson you've learned in your career in UX so far? <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. I, wow. I think overall, just continuing throughout the arc of my career, that reinvention is possible. And this goes back to what we just talked about a little bit, how you know, having a learner's mindset is important. But yeah, I've noticed that just about, I never would have guessed I'd be doing what I am now. I've been on a winding journey and I probably could have easily fallen into a different life doing something completely different. I think I always would have wanted to do writing in some way, whether it's PR or marketing, but that would have been interesting. It just didn't work out. But doing this has really opened my eyes that anything is possible in life and that you can learn new things and smart people can introduce you to new ways of thinking. And I kind of view myself even immature in a lot of ways, even though I'm five years into it, there's just so much more I have to learn and things I pick up daily from some of my smart teammates and coworkers. I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way before. I've never done that in my day-to-day -day before. I should do that. Things like that. Like 
just really interesting how this job and this field of UX just continuously teaches me something and um, kind of piques my curiosity. And I feel like I'll never stop learning, if that makes sense. Like, uh, even mm-hmm. if I'm doing this 20 years from now, I feel like there'll be something new to learn every day. And that's a pretty cool feeling. I don't know if every field offers that. And so um, I think that's something I've learned just about reinventing yourself as possible, um, staying curious as possible, being taught something daily as possible, and trying to be, stay humble and um, take feedback in a constructive way and kind of build yourself up too when things are tough or when you feel like things are a little hard. This life can be a good one. So yeah, those are some things I think about and it's been really rewarding to see the growth I've experienced both both personally and professionally. I think a lot of my professional growth has influenced my personal growth as well. And that's been really rewarding to experience over the past five years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree and see a lot of that in myself yeah. in my career too. Bro, I know it's just a, it's all a learning process and how from a designer standpoint, I'm always going to be a designer, even when I retire. I know I feel yeah, like it's probably the great. same with you as being a writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, that's, totally. that's also a fun thing to, to really think about because even if I never retire, I'm actually just going to be okay with that because I feel like <laughs> that's, that's just what I'm going to be doing regardless. Yeah, no, definitely. You're right about being a writer. I view it as a lifestyle. It's something I've done in some form ever since I was in middle school, I guess, or you know, high school when I started working on my hometown newspaper. And it just can't picture doing anything else in some form I want to be creating and writing words and kind of touching people by what I write. And so, yeah, I totally get that where if you're passionate about what you do and you're able to channel that passion into some kind of outlet for your lifestyle, that's a really cool thing. I've been really lucky so far, even with the reinvention and the career change I've experienced to still kind of keep that core love alive of writing uh, and then thinking about words and living with words that's really cool and rewarding so yeah yeah i, I totally get that i think that's a cool thing having a, a lifetime journey or something that's great mm-hmm. so as we're drawing close to this episode what's the best way to support what you're doing andrew oh wow i, I love sharing thoughts about content design and career transitions and just personal growth on LinkedIn. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn and Andrew Astafor and search me. I connect with everyone who offers to connect with me. So feel free to connect with me or message me. And yeah, I try to write every day. And I love kind of just journaling about my professional life and my thoughts and any updates in my career journey too. I share those. But yeah, feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, connect with me and I try to create ongoing conversations with people and it's really rewarding to kind of talk with people over time and kind of see their development. So yeah, I'd love for you to follow me on LinkedIn. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. And you can find Andrew's LinkedIn found in the show notes. So you can easily check out all his writing posts and thoughts and be able to connect with him. So before we draw an end to this episode, what would you say as a final closing words to our audience. Oh, that's great. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for the invite, first of all. But yeah, I'd just say stay curious and trust yourself. Um, That's something I've learned in my various twists and turns along the way. And uh, there was a lot of trust involved and kind of um, naivety and just blind ambition when I changed careers. And I kind of fell into this life and discovered UX. But I've learned that that's possible and that 
know, it's rewarding to kind of see yourself do different things and think in different ways. And so if you're at kind of a precipice in your life or a crossroads and don't quite know where you're going next, trust yourself that you'll find a way and no matter the direction you take, you're capable of doing good things. And so, yeah, I'd just like to leave that message with that with everyone out there and anyone who's experiencing that right now. Yeah, there's a rewarding life no matter what direction you take and just trust yourself that you'll be able to survive and uh, thrive moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Andrew, for being here. Oh, thank you, Nick. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, please do support our guests. And until then, you just listen to the UX Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening. That concludes another episode of the UX Growth Podcast. We appreciate your time with us today. If you found value in this discussion, we invite you to follow us on your preferred podcast platform or to connect with the host on LinkedIn. Before we part ways, we'd like to acknowledge our sponsor, Bubble. If you're looking to create web applications effortlessly, Bubble's no-code platform is your gateway. Build your projects with intuitive drag-and-drop actions, making the complex seem simple. And the best part? You can kickstart your app development journey without any coding expertise. To support the show, we encourage you to visit our sponsors link, which can be found along with other links in the show notes. Until our next episode, continue your exploration, learning, and growth in the UX design field.